This episode of Mark My Words is sponsored by the Coatings Alliance, makers of C2 Paint. When C2 President Tom Hill asked me my opinion of what would make a program for their super premium wood finish product, Guard, more attractive to dealers, I shared my view that dealers look for three things when they're considering putting new products in their stores. They want a low initial investment, they don't wanna to have to spend any money on equipment, and they wanna know that if the program is not successful, that they can send the product back. And so that's exactly what C2 put together in their program for Guard. I only wish my daughter Buckwheat would listen as well. So if you're interested in hearing more about this program, you can do one of two things. You can go to c2dealer.com to read more, or you can email Tom Hill yourself and ask him any questions you have. That's th, the number four, at c2paint.com. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me today. It's Mark with another episode of the Mark My Words pod and vlogcast. Uh, with me today is CEO of Diamond Vogel Paints in Orange City, Iowa, Jeff Powell. Uh, specifically, the topic of today's conversation is shortages. And while Diamond Vogel is not a large manufacturer of architectural products in the space, uh, they are a very large manufacturer in this space. They're very significant uh, with their old masters products, which are their stains and clears. A huge percentage of dealers, independent paint retailers deal with that either directly or through distribution. And they're also the country's approximately 10th largest paint manufacturer. And so even though not all of their products are going to uh, independent retailers, mostly just the old masters is going to independent retailers. Still, nonetheless, it's the experience that they're having, they're having through their stores as it relates to shortages, that's happening at the manufacturing level. And so the experiences that Jeff is having and the experiences that Diamond Vogel is having making paint are the same experiences that you're going to have uh, primarily uh, are the other manufacturers that you deal with. And so Jeff tells a really interesting and unfortunately a, a somewhat scary story. When winter sort of first broke early spring, I had Jeff on. Uh, it was just past, it was just past the storms in February in Texas. And uh, he uh, gave the opinion at the time that he thought that by this time, by approximately halfway through uh, 2021, that dealers would start to see uh, things return to normal because at that point, manufacturers would have uh, been returned to normal for long enough to fill the pipeline with paint. And, and the story that he's telling now, unfortunately, is not that story. Uh, and so Jeff talks about uh, how much longer uh, dealers are going to be dealing with this. And unfortunately, uh, I hate to be the deliverer of bad news, uh, but unfortunately, it, it sounds like dealers are going to be dealing with uh, shortages, at least as it relates to paint products. They're going to be dealing with shortages for a little while because paint manufacturers are having trouble getting raw material. They're having trouble uh, getting the additives, the chemical additives, which they use to make many of their products. And as you hear Jeff talk about, they're even having trouble uh, finding labor. And so give Jeff a listen. He's got uh, some really great insights 
And, and I think it'll really help you understand uh, where we are in this process and, and how to best manage your business in a very complicated time. Thanks for joining me today, everybody. Uh, with me today is Jeff Powell. Jeff is the Chief Executive Officer of Diamond Vogel Paints in Orange City, Iowa. Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing great, Mark. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, thanks. I know it's been a couple of months since we had you on. I, I see they released you out of prison. Is that work release or are you out on parole? Um, well, I escaped okay. uh, <laughs> for, for a few minutes so that I could talk to you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be I, heading back, I'm sure, as soon as I figure out where I'm at. I think that orange shirt tells everybody that you'll be heading back to jail as soon as I'm done with you. You, you know, this orange shirt is representative of the... Uh, of Orange City. And right. Oh, yeah, really I like it. And uh, it's, you know, it's it's kind of that primary color of the Dutch. So, um, you know, it's orange. So I like it. It's Friday, and uh, and I figured I could blend in after I got out of prison today. So Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Diamond Vogel is, the best I can tell, around the 10th largest paint manufacturer in the United States. So independent dealers would know you primarily through your uh, stain and line of clear finishes. That's the old masters, right? Yep. That's absolutely correct, Mark. Terrific. So thanks for being on. The topic for today is I prepped you uh, earlier, and I appreciate you agreeing. The topic today is really shortages, uh, which dealers continue uh, to deal with. And, and even though I know you're not really selling architectural products into this space in a you know, a large amount. Uh, but nonetheless, you have your own stores. You guys are selling a tremendous amount of paint. So you, you know what the shortages are doing. And so I appreciate you making this time to share with us. Oh, good, good. So but before we get started, can you tell me just in general, how is your business doing right now? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I think it's, it's a crazy ride that everybody's going through. But uh, um, you know, our business right now, we're up um, probably about 15% or maybe a little bit more than that overall as an organization. And that's kind of across all of our market segments. Um, some actually have been dramatically impacted because of the shortages that we're going to talk about. So right. sales would, would defin definitely be greater than that if uh, if we were able to supply everything we needed to supply or yeah. we could manufacture. So, I mean, it's a robust time from the sales side of it. Obviously there's a lot of uh, pricing um, as well as volume gains that are kind of taking place just out of necessity. Um, but we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Yeah. So tell me what is, as far as the shortages are concerned, is there one area that is particularly concerning? I know uh, from what I'm hearing, uh, industrial products uh, continue to uh, be a problem as far as price and availability. Is that still the case or has that started to loosen up some? Yeah, you know, it seems like it's a moving target every time. It seems like we get past one raw material challenge, there's another one. I, I think... Um, I don't know if this is the perfect storm or if it's the perfect strategic uh, gameplay by the, the global raw material suppliers or what it yeah. is, but, but the reality is, is uh, no, we're, we're not out of the woods. And, uh, you know, it seems like resin supplies is trending to, to be a little bit more 
in a better spot than it has been, but we certainly can't get everything that we want when we want it. Um, additives, you know, lower, smaller volume type items that are still are still a necessity to being able to make the products that we make. Right. Um, they're they're not, you know, probably just on the scale of resins. They're much smaller. Um, we're, we're struggling with uh, a number of additives as well. And so the whole chain reaction of when one thing gets fixed, the next pinch point shows up seems to be occurring. And um, yeah, it's just a, it's a really challenging time. And, and, you know, I think when we talked earlier this year about it, we really kind of anticipated that right around this time, things would be de-escalating, we'd be back to more normal supply. And so as a quality journalist, as you as you know me to be, I listened to our previous episode before we got on, and I was going to remind you of that, that you yeah. had said that that you felt at the time that this would be behind us by, you know, the second quarter, you felt we might be feeling the effects for the rest of the year, but that it would be primarily behind us. And so how do you report back on your prognosticating skills now? Well, I, I guess I'm glad that I'm a meteorologist and I can be wrong <laughs> as much right. as I'm right, or maybe even more often than I am right. But, uh, you know, there are a couple of other variables that have occurred since, since we last talked. Um, uh, OPC um, polymers, which is a resin manufacturer of a lot of alkyd resins here in the United States, had a uh, kind of a tragic event and fire in the Columbus, Ohio area earlier this year, kind of in between when we talked last. And, and that has uh, that has definitely impacted supply of, of, of alkyd resins kind of across, certainly across North America uh, due to availability and, and price escalation has kind of gone through the roof. So, And know, that's why I'm hearing what I'm hearing about the industrial products, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think we're not all the way out of the woods from, from some of the weather events that happened earlier this year. Demand is kind of at an all-time high. Right, which is definitely part of the problem from everything I'm reading is, is that uh, we're, you need to make a lot of paint right now. You got a lot of customers. Demand is at an all-time high. Yep. Um, we're coming out of a situation with COVID last year where you know, a lot of raw material suppliers had a lot of uncertainty, like we all did, and they, whether they mothballed plants or reduced production or cut back their, their workforce or whatever they had to do at that time, based on what they knew at the time, we're still feeling all of those effects of really high demand from the uh, economic side of things, kind of at an all-time high, and then a supply chain that was lackluster at best and probably positioned to, to, to kind of weather the storm if things were ugly like we all had anticipated. And it's just, you know, nothing comes back to life as fast as we want it to. No. And so they're still continuing to work through it. So you've got just multiple like, events taking place. So, you know, my, my view moving forward is probably a little less optimistic than I was back in March. Um, and that was really based on a lot of what I heard throughout the industry, a lot of my peers and kind of the peer group. Um, oh, stop, Jeff, you have no peers. Yeah, stop. well, I have peers. Well, I appreciate how humble of a man you are, Jeff. Yeah, but I mean, just talking to others in the industry with their right. 
their sense of what was happening and what they felt might happen as well. And so consequently, yeah, it's just, um, you know, this, this is, this is going to continue for a while and, um, um, you know, pricing cost escalation thing isn't going to go away. And it's, well, I see that Pittsburgh PPG has had three price increases from what I read uh, recently, just less than a week or two ago, I read they, they've had their third price increase in whatever period, a year or uh, whatever was the period. So that's really says a lot uh, because for dealers, I think, who have been in the industry for a long time, you know, generally speaking, we're a fairly stable, you know, whatever inflation does, that's what paint does sort of industry. And, and that's no longer the case, is it? No, I don't think it is. I mean, you know, a year doesn't make a, make a lifetime, but it feels like it. And um, I think, uh, I guess my, my sentiment is I don't expect that we're past it yet. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's more than likely another round that will be coming. Um, just, just based on what we continue to see from an escalation standpoint, from a raw material cost standpoint. And that's, it's not only raw material costs. I mean, you hear it every day, Mark. There's now a labor shortage. That's right. right. People are still not necessarily wanting to come back to work. And we all can talk about all the reasons why that's happening. But that's right. Like, well, politic, politics aside, Jeff, it, it almost doesn't matter why they don't want to come back. They don't want to come back. Right. I mean, right? It's, it does, it's, right. So it's, it's, it's irrelevant. You want to have a conversation on why that is, you know, hey, I'm in New York and you're in Iowa. Maybe we feel differently. But the outcome is still the same, is that people aren't coming back to work. The outcome's still the same. And, and I think we all are going to see real inflation from a, a wage standpoint that's going yeah. to have to be addressed. And, and, you know, raw materials can go up and down. Wages never go down. Yeah, wages so, never go down. That's right. So it's going to be a, a real impact for a lot of companies as well. So there's just the soup is uh, there's a lot more in this pot of stew than there was maybe even three or four months ago. Yeah. And we're just kind of working our way through it. Um, so, you know, with all that being said, obviously, coatings manufacturers are making and producing as much paint as they probably ever have. And, and uh, you know, at the same time, we all feel like we're continuing to disappoint customers because what customers have been used to getting, maybe they're not getting exactly what they were getting in the past. Right. Um, in many regards or what they wanted, when they wanted it, how much, all of those different factors. So... Um, you know, from our end, we, we continue to try to, to keep everybody moving forward. Um, and that's a that's an ongoing daily by hour by minute <laughs> type. That, right. And when you're not able to make them happy, you you wear an orange shirt so that they know how to find you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's 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 a it's it's the new normal for the for the moment. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's uh, definitely a challenging time, but certainly what I thought uh, and believed earlier this year, we're not seeing that de-escalation. De we're seeing it continue to escalate. I would say, this is my best guess because I'm a meteorologist wearing an orange shirt, but my best guess now would be, I think it's going to take us probably into the end of the first quarter to kind of work through most of the supply chain issues. I think it will gradually continue. I mean, it will continue to, to get better, but with just, if demand stays where it is, yeah, backlogs continue to pile up for everybody. Um, 
We're not seeing relief from the raw material suppliers from a price cost standpoint and don't right. expect we will see significant de-escalation. I mean, there's going to be a new normal that's going to come out of this thing. We certainly don't see it going back to, to pre- uh, no, I wouldn't think so. Prices don't mm -hmm. go down like that. Even if the raw material, which I do understand, you probably buy a lot of your raw materials as sort of commodities. And, yeah. and so I do understand that those can go up and down. But, but in the end, the price of the paint is, it would be unlikely for the price of the paint to come yeah. back down if raw material prices come back down. Yeah, and, 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 and I don't think raw material prices... You know, are coming back down. They're right. not going to come back down to the levels where they've, they've, they've historically been. And, you know, and, and we say that, and if we get to the point where we get into a real recession again, one never knows, right? Yeah. But there's so much consolidation that's taking place in the raw material side. And even within the paint manufacturing side, we continue to see people getting purchased around the globe by some of these majors that, I mean, the landscape continuously is changing. It's different than yeah. it was two years ago, and it will be different yeah. again two years from now. And so, Jeff, you had mentioned a couple of minutes ago problems with alkyds in particular related to OPC, I think was, was who you yeah. mentioned. That has to have a significant effect on your old master's business, I would assume. So how are old master's dealers being affected by this right now? You know, I think um, the answer to the question is yes, everybody's being impacted. We have been able to, I would say, do a good job of keeping keeping the old masters dealer network in stain in, in our in our solvent-based stains, which have a alkyd component to them, which is right. probably why you're asking the question. Right. Uh, we know we're behind um on some of our water-based clears and some of our other clear technology just because of other raw material shortages and issues. Um, so how are people being infected? I would say that shelves probably aren't quite as full as we would like to see them, nor as full as they would like to see them. Um, but I think we've been able to keep, for the most part, the network product flowing through the network. It's just what we don't, what we don't know is what we, might be losing because we haven't been able to give all the dealers everything that they want. But we're right. really working hard to make sure that we give them as much as we can. Listen, in a normal environment, when a paint manufacturer calls a customer and says, listen, the 100 gallons of Old Masters uh, stain that you ordered is on back order and it'll be five days, uh, you know, in a normal environment, 98% of the time, the dealer says, I'll tell the customer and we'll wait five days. But now with so much uncertainty about when it will come in, I know many dealers who are at this point, probably all dealers are, are going to back up, you, you know, uh, resources. And so that has to be affecting uh, you guys at some point, I would think as a CEO, you have to be concerned about that, right? Well, I think, I think we all, we all are. I would say that in some ways, we probably feel like we might be in a better spot regarding that than our major competitor in that space would be, because obviously, Minwax, which is an SW-owned right. company, good company, good products, but their scale is significantly larger than what we are facing, and we know that, you know, if allocations are real, right, 
what we get, they get a similar percentage because of force majeure. Um, the, the opportunity for them to disappoint is probably even greater than what it is from, from our perspective. It's just, and a, just to cut you off for one second, hold that thought. I, I do know a lot of Benjamin Moore retailers in particular right now uh, uh, are telling me that, that they're getting a lot of business from Sherwin-Williams. Yeah, I would say that we've heard the same, same thing. Um, and we feel that we're getting some of that too at our local stores and much more, you know, just a very specific geography that we participate in. You know, it's, it's an environment if we could have what we would normally be able to produce or we'd probably be able to take a lot of market share. Just as I'm sure we've got dealers that are trying to figure out what their backup plan is and we understand and respect that. Um, we're getting inquiries from a lot of dealers that haven't been our customers That's asking right. about how we could how we could do something to help them, right? And and there's, you know, that the challenge is it's a really fine line. We all want the new business, we all want the new market share, but we also want to support our existing customer base as yeah. and based on limited resources. It's a challenging time for everybody in the industry. I mean, I guess if there's any good news, um, the good news is everybody's being affected. Right. Um, there's nobody that's got the magic bullet at this point in time. If we were out there on our own going, God, we're, we're struggling, but everybody else could get whatever they wanted, we'd probably be taken out of business, right? So right. It, it is just an interesting time. It's a very tough time. And, and so you had mentioned earlier, Jeff, that some of the major raw materials seem to be loosening up and, and it's the additives now uh, that are giving you some problems is... Is that something that the chemistry can help you solve? Or is this just, listen, we got we to gotta wait for this. There's no solutions. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's great, right? Because as a manufacturer and a product, having a pretty large product development team, if you asked our technical folks what they've been spending all of their time on this year, it's trying to find alternative solutions to existing raw materials. And, and the challenge with all of that is since there's limited availability of any raw material, every raw material seems to be on allocation. If you haven't purchased it previously, there's nothing to allocate, right? Oh, so, right. <laughs> so I would tell you from a long-term perspective, we feel really good about the fact that we've got a lot of alternative solutions. Very few of those alternative solutions have, have turned out to where we can actually get product to put into existing products because, because of the limited supply and allocation and force majeure concerns that they've already had with, with the same raw materials. Now, we've had a few that have worked out well for us and we've been able to get them and that's helped, helped us uh, move things forward. But you know, whenever you start talking allocations of force majeure, it's really all about what you purchased in the past and the year before. It's it's interesting how that sort of slides down the line. So after the last All Pro show, which I attended digitally, they were uh, still doing them digitally. I was speaking to some dealers, just you know how to go, frustrations. What did you like? What didn't you like? And they all mentioned. The, the difficulty of ordering based on last year's order because they were allocated and not allowed to break off of, uh, you know, into other products. And so that actually cost them exactly this opportunity that you're talking about. Yeah, you know, the, the interesting 
thing, and, and it's not an unknown to everybody, but I mean, just a specific example, even if raw materials are available, trying to get trucking companies to move those materials is I've heard that too. And, and uh, you know, it's all about the whole market is truly capitalistic at the moment, right? It's about supply and demand and where can I get my best, biggest bang for my buck. And, and so we've had a couple of instances where, and I would tell you, we don't get all the resin we want either, but we're getting a little bit more than we were getting three months ago uh, during the same kind of time periods. And we see that continuously kind of continuing to improve, or we, we believe it's going to continue to improve. But, uh, you know, we've had a, a tank wagon or two sitting where we've had four or five different truckers say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, no, I got a better deal. Wow. And, you know, you just want to play the up, right? So. Wow. I have a, I have an SUV. If you need me to drive out there and move a couple of tankers for you, you know, that we're, New Yorkers are go to, you know, gung ho people. We'll, we'll get it done. Yeah, well, we'd have to put placards on you. I don't know what kind of placards we'd have to put on you, Mark. So. Orange shirts, orange shirts. That's, right. that's, right. And, that's probably why. I'm, that's why I'm wearing an orange shirt. Is, is yeah. it's different. <laughs> and and so, how is this likely to uh, to play out for the dealers? Is this likely to be at some point in the future, and it may be a, a month or two months? It it ends, and all of a sudden, you get everything uh, back in your on your shelf or is this likely to be some sort of uh, progressive recovery? I think that's a great question. I don't, I don't think it's going to just change in a month or two. I think it's more than likely going to be progressive. And I think everybody wanting to have a little bit more inventory than they historically do. Yes. And so yes. for dealers specifically in architectural, which we're talking about, you know, the season's really, I mean, we want the season to be year-round, but the season's probably really starting March, April yep. in a big, big way. So I think what we'll see is if paint manufacturers can find a way to get more, make more, the pipeline is so dry, it's going to take a while to fill that pipeline up. I mean, yeah. if, if I wanted to be a pessimist, my, my pessimistic attitude will be in all industries that, you know, the pipeline's so dry, everybody is, is going to want to make sure they have excess inventory. And if by the time we get there, if the economy has taken a turn for the worse, then we're all going to be, well, we've created the next big problem, right? Yeah. So how is this all going to play out? I mean, you know, there's $6 trillion in our economy that that we printed and put there um, yep. as, as, an, as, a, as a country. I mean, we have to stand by our government and say, as a country, we put it out there. And that creates a whole different economic noodle to this whole thing that we have to figure out. But my biggest concern is we got to get the pipeline filling up and we've got to right. get people back in product. But I, I can see just as we have reacted over the past to try to be really tight and short on our inventories, because that's, we all know that that's profit. Yep. Yep. Everybody's lesson learned is going to be, well, I don't want to be that guy. Right. I want to have a little extra. That's if right. Economy turns on us. It could be, uh, it could have the reverse impact. So it, it's going to be an interesting time, but I, I actually think it's going to take us through the rest of this year, probably into the end of the first quarter of next year to really see if the water level in the glass is starting. Amazing. 
Yeah. And, and so before I let you go, uh, I'd, I'd love to know your uh, experiences so far. Uh, uh, material shortages, chemical shortages are not the only shortages that uh, paint dealers and the paint industry is dealing with. How are you affected by the labor shortage that's going on in the country right now? Well, we are affected by it just about like everybody else's. <laughs> you know, uh, where, where did all the labor go? Um, and, you know, I think you mentioned it earlier, Mark, it's people have had some time to think about things and decide maybe what they were doing isn't what they wanted to do. Um, you know, the challenge I think we've got is, is it's all good, but at some point people want stuff. And the only way yeah. to get stuff is still via manufacturing. Right. right. Somebody's got to make it for it. And so I think, I think our challenges are not unlike everybody else's probably, but where we thought we used to be competitive from a wage standpoint, we see that that escalating at even a faster rate than raw materials these days. Wow. Just, yeah. just as people try to acquire help to, to cover demand. And so... Have you had this specific problem, Jeff, where you haven't been able to make paint because labor has been unavailable? I would say that we, it's not that we haven't been able to make paint, but we haven't been able to make as much paint as we could if we had yeah. more labor. Yeah. What a mess. You know, when, when the pandemic uh, first began, I did a couple of podcasts. I, I made fun of you for your bad prognosticating skills. And, and I do think you're worse than me. But I, I did a couple of podcasts early on uh, where I made some sort of statements on wh what I thought the effects of the pandemic would be. And I was predicting a, a, a mess and I was predicting a, a mess that came with uh, uh, much smaller businesses, much you know, less volume for dealers. It, it sure looks like I was wrong about that. Obviously, volume is through the roof seemingly everywhere, but I have to take some credit for at least calling for a big mess. I, you know, a pandemic can't come and go without leaving a big mess behind, right? Yeah. And so this is a big territory. economic mess. It's it's new territory, right? And and it's yeah. a, you know, the I think that I think the new territory is it's truly a global mess and it's truly impacting things globally. And yeah. you know, if North America was just being impacted, well, we might feel the burden a little bit more because some people maybe don't like us in other parts of the world and they would maybe try to slow some things down. But, but what we're seeing and talking about, Mark, uh, you know, I'm hearing it from colleague, colleagues in Europe and colleagues in Asia. I mean, it's, they're all facing these same yeah. challenges and, and maybe they're a little bit different, you know, to be specific, but they're not a whole lot different. And so everybody's facing this thing and, and no country can kind of bail out the rest of the world or no portion of the world seems to be ready to bail out the rest of the world in, in this because everybody's still fighting the same issues. So everybody has the same problem. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm, I'm at least, at least in the short term. And so yeah, it's, it's a, it's definitely a new territory for, for some of us. I mean, I think all of us, but, Maybe it's just some of us. Yeah. Uh, before I wrap, because I'm done, is there anything that you felt like you wanted to say? You do You do get a lot of listens. You do get a lot of dealers' attention. You do better than, than most. So it, it, take the opportunity in exchange for how much I appreciate you 
uh, making this time take the opportunity. Um, so don't say know, I, yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. Yeah, no, Mark. I, I, I and you can you can share this with everybody. I, I'd say I'd love to tell you about all the new products that we're developing because we have developed some, but but to tell you about them and not be able to launch them uh, yeah. effectively and support them doesn't make any sense. So just, you know, we'll just leave that as a teaser. I don't know if that's next March when we start talking about it or sometime maybe later this year or maybe in 2025 when the supply chain gets corrected. But, uh, you know, we've done some other really good work in the, in the background, um, at least from a, a product and technology standpoint. Um, within old masters and within some of our other divisions as well. So, so we're excited about the future. It's just, uh, it's just working our way to it. <laughs> you got to get the, you got to get the resin bottom, right? I mean, you're making paint. If you can't get resin and chemicals, you got a lot of problems. Exactly. And, and, you know, Mark, we might have to call this, call this off here because I think they're going to come get me and take me back to my cell. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, that's a great place to leave it. Uh, Jeff Powell, CEO of Diamond Vogel Paints in Orange City, Iowa. Thank you again uh, for being on my podcast today. And I really appreciate the time. All right. Thank you, Mark. Have a good weekend. You too, man.